Today we talk about caregiving for someone with a chronic illness and grief. Welcome to the Northern Lights Pulse Podcast. Welcome to the Northern Lights Pulse podcast. Here at NL Pulse, our mission is to help teens and young adults understand themselves, others, and the world in which they live. We're your hosts, Peter and Rachel, and we are so glad you're here joining us today. And today we have one of my favorite people and my coworker, Anne Suplee from the ALS Association, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota chapter. Thank you for joining us, Anne. Thanks for having me. Perfect. Thank you for being here. Yeah, it's lovely to be. Yes. So before we get into our interview, I'm going to turn it over to Peter for some quick updates. Yeah. So first of all, how are you doing? Me? Yeah. Oh, I'm doing great. 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 I realized that we've been doing a number of these and I haven't really asked you how you're doing at the top before. So I just want to see how you're doing. Yeah, I'm doing well. You know, the world is turning and we're all adapting. We're all doing our thing. So I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking Good. Well, I just wanted to drop a little bit of info information for some newcomers to the podcast. And we haven't really done one of these sort of updates in a while. So I just wanted to give out some information here. Um, first of all, to our newcomers that might be listening to this podcast through means other than our website, because we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on five or six different other services. So they might not be reaching our podcast through our website. If you want to find out more about what we're doing, you can go to our website. It's at www.nlpulse.com. On the website, we have a survey at the bottom of the main page where you, the teens and our young adults can let us know the topics that you wanna hear about moving forward. We want our services to be directed towards you and what you're looking for. We don't have an agenda. We're just trying to provide information. So go go onto the website, take that survey, let us know what you want to hear about. Also, you can um, email us directly at um, info at nlpulse.com. Um, also you can find us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at NL Pulse, on Twitter at Northern Lights, or on Twitter at NL Pulse, and on Instagram at Northern Lights Pulse. I can't think of anything else I wanted to drop at the beginning here. We got some great topics coming up on the podcast moving forward. So be looking out for those. And I will hand it back over to you, Rachel. Thanks. Yeah, all great stuff. Um, so as I mentioned before, my coworker Anne is joining us today, and we're going to kind of be talking about um, kind of her um, experience as someone who deals a lot with grief and caregiver support for somebody, for people who are living with someone with a chronic and or terminal illness, or just in general. And Anne is an amazing resource, one of the most caring and um, courteous and kind people I've ever met. And I'm not just saying that to pump your tires. I genuinely mean that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so I just wanted to have you on today to kind of talk to our audience about, um, your experience in those spaces and your background. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So if you wanted to do a little bit of self-intro, that'd be great. Sure. 
So I can tell you that my interest in this started when I was very young. Um, a friend of mine, her little sister died. And it when we were in fourth grade, and it was just so shocking. Mm-hmm. And then in sixth grade, a classmate of mine died. And I got to say, her parents were amazing. They, they had the nurse come in and she, she had a heart issue that they were going to fix. And mm-hmm. they had talked about, oh, she has a 50-50 chance of surviving the surgery. She survived the surgery and died two days later. And they were so wonderful about walking us through the process and came to our classroom. And um, so I had this introduction of this is something that's okay to talk about. And it happens quite young. Mm -hmm. So I took my first class on death and dying, actually, um, between seventh and eighth grade. That was my summer camp. That was my summer camp. I was a little odd. Cool, but no, it's it's not. That's an important, obviously, thing, part of life. Like, not everybody can handle that. So, like, that's amazing that you, at a young age, realized this was kind of your niche. Yeah, and I do. I have to credit the adults around me that mm-hmm. really just made it. Like, this is part of life. Yeah. Um, and so, I did a lot of volunteering with people who were dying as a in hospice and at the Minnesota AIDS project. And that sort of led me to seminary. Mm -hmm. And then I started working at the ALS Association. And all of that led me to getting another master's in um, palliative care. And Mm -hmm. so I do, I kind of have immersed myself in this world. Yeah. Um, And partly I think because I find it really life-giving. You know, people who know they're dying um, or who even have touched that, you know, people Mm -hmm. who've had a scare um, Mm -hmm. are just really much more able to kind of cut through to the stuff that really matters and and be real. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Just really quick, um, just to get a quick definition for our audience, how would you describe what exactly palliative care is a lot of people are probably use the term hospice even though that's like one of those branded words um if you just like right. definition of that yes that is such a good point so um hospice and palliative care do get lumped together a lot palliative mm-hmm. care is so i'm going to start with hospice is when a person decides they don't want any more treatment mm-hmm. so they want to be comfortable and live the rest of their lives, however long that can be. And it can be a month. It can be three years. Like hospice doesn't mean you're going to die tomorrow. Right. Um, Palliative care starts with a diagnosis, but includes treatment. So Mm -hmm. if you have cancer, you can still do, uh, you know, um, oh gosh, what's it called? Chemo and radiation. And, but it's just this whole team of people that can support the person going through that. So maybe making sure they can get to appointments or um, making sure they're comfortable. And palliative is really about being pain-free and being comfortable. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Um, Yeah. Amazing. I really appreciate all of that information and 
all that you are sharing with us today. And um, we can dive more into the grief stuff as it comes along. But I really kind of want to talk about um, caregiver support. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that you offer a lot in your role um, at the ALS Association as somebody who leads um, some of our support groups that we offer Mm -hmm. for folks. Um, And a caregiver doesn't necessarily have to be someone's like spouse or anything or or partner or anything like that. Like that's, I think that's traditionally what we think Mm -hmm. of or parent. I think that's traditionally what we think of as a caregiver, but it could also be someone's, you know, adult child or young child. Absolutely. Um, And I think there are probably a lot more youth caregivers in the world than we realize whether that's somebody's dealing with a chronic illness, um, terminal illness like ALS, or they're battling a different type of illness, such Mm -hmm. as addiction um, or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. So my first question um, about caregiver support is for loved ones who have someone living with any sort of disease on that scope, um, what would you like for them to know about their feelings? Because I think that there, there's a lot of time when people forget about their feelings and mm-hmm. forget what is okay to feel when they're in that role. That is such a good point because I think one of the things caregiving can become so all consuming, mm-hmm. even for the people who aren't necessarily like doing hands on care. Like, if, you know, you mentioned addiction, if a parent isn't able to function because of their Mm -hmm. addiction, you know, the kids may be cleaning and cooking and taking care of younger siblings and, um, you know, doing a lot of caregiving tasks in the household. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's easy to just sort of get into the pattern of got to do this, got, you know, got to, got to keep going. And I think the thing that I would like people to know about feelings is they're all normal. Um, Like, you know, people like, oh, I'm really angry. And I'm like, yeah, grief comes out as anger all Mm -hmm. the time. And they're like, really? Oh, Mm -hmm. or um, also that spacey headed feeling where people are like, oh my gosh, what day is today? Partly that's pandemic as we're talking, of course. (laughs) Um, But partly too, you just kind of get that spacey headed, spacey headedness, I guess. And, and it's hard to kind of keep track of things. Right. Um, and, and that's really typical. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's what happens. Um, I think oftentimes people feel guilt mm-hmm. um, or conversely, especially if the person is um, terminally ill or chronically ill, there's that moment where somebody's like, oh, I just wish this were over. Mm-hmm. And then they feel all this shame and guilt about, oh, I don't want my parent to die or my little brother to die or whatever, whoever they're, they're taking care of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's normal too. Like you're allowed to think, oh, I just wish this would end right. um, without it being about that you want your person in your life to be out of your Gone. life. Like that's right. not the point. Right. Um, and so, so yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think yeah, it's, yeah. But it's all, it's all a part of a whole. The other thing that feels really important to say is, you know, if you can't feel tremendous sadness, you can't feel tremendous joy. Like you really, to be, to really feel, you got to feel it all. And I mm-hmm. think 
we live in a culture that's all about like feel good and happy hour and yeah toxic positivity toxic positivity absolutely and it's like oh give me a break um you can't feel that like you can't be truly happy if you also don't know being really really sad right Right. And I think this, that feeds perfectly into, or like guilty as well mm-hmm. to kind of my next question. And this is a complete, I guess I'm technically a caregiver and probably have been in other times in my life that I just didn't realize it, but, um, on a different, similar wavelength, like I'm a new mother mm-hmm. and sometimes like on a Saturday when my son is in that daycare, I'm like, Oh God, is it bedtime yet? Like, I love playing with you, but like, I'm ready to go to bed myself. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's feelings like that. And then I have a feeling of, Oh my goodness. Like, why would I ever want to not right. be handing him this ball for the 15th time in a row to throw for me to go run and pick up, you know? So, um, with guilt, um, how can people deal with it? Because like you said, it's super normal. And I think everybody feels it. I've, um, a couple, one side of my grandparents, they both, um, in their passing, we worked with palliative care. Mm-hmm. And of course there was feelings of guilt all of the time. Like, is this really the right thing to do? This is so exhausting. This is so tiring for everybody. How can we, how can people deal with that guilt? Mm-hmm. If you have think- that catch all solution. Yeah. You know, that's a tricky one. So part of it is, um, I recognizing it right as guilt Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and understanding the difference between feeling guilt and feeling shame, you Mm -hmm. know, shame is I'm a bad person and a Mm -hmm. really hard spiral to get out of. And that's a whole nother episode. Um, Mm -hmm. and guilt is really like, Oh, I feel badly about what I've done or what I've thought or what I've said, it doesn't reflect on me personally as a bad mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing is to, to recognize like, oh, I'm not a bad person <laughs> necessarily. I mean, yeah. maybe they are, but that's a topic for a different day. Um, I think, um, it, you know, just this is going to sound really hard and sort of Zen. I think just sitting with it, first of all, and being like, oh, this feels really lousy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of sort of moving further up the stream, as it were, um, you know, part of that guilt feeling comes when you don't do anything for yourself, right? Yeah. Like you're totally like, in your example, you know, you're not picking the kid up and just going for a walk because you want to walk or mm-hmm. you're done with the ball. So pick another <laughs> toy or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And similarly for, for, you know, young adult caregivers, you know, feeling like I facilitate a support group and I can't tell you how many people um, talk about feeling guilty for going off to college or mm. starting a new job in another city. And they just mm. feel like, oh, I'm supposed to be helping my parent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my response is always, first of all, what would your parents say to that? Because nine yeah. times out of 10, the parents can be like, get out, like, yeah. go live your life. I want you to, you know, this is what I've done right. as a parent is to right. want you. Um, so I don't, I don't even know what your question was anymore. Sorry. Yeah, that's oh, all right. what to do no. with guilt. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and um, I think sitting with it is great advice because a lot of the solutions, and it might be a little bit lofty for a teenager, but like sitting with that and understanding that self-awareness is the first step to any sort of resolution in mm-hmm. any capacity. Yeah. Um, the, and another yeah. thing that's really helpful is to recognize that, you know, each of us has a story mm-hmm. and that the guilt or the fear or mm-hmm. the overwhelmed feeling is a character in the story. Mm-hmm. So guilt is somebody who comes in and sits down at the table. It doesn't have to be all of who you are. It's just one little, it's a feeling that comes in, sits down, can take over, feel, you know, like it's drowning you. Yeah. But it's not the whole of your story. Yeah. So it's going off of that. Um, if somebody isn't necessarily like directly a part of that, um, or they're not a part of, they don't have themselves a caregiver or they're not a caregiver to somebody themselves. Sorry, that was all Mm -hmm. jumbled up. Um, I think a lot of our people that are listening as well, they might have a close friend or a family Mm -hmm. member who is a caregiver that they feel like I can see that they feel guilty. I can see that they're Mm -hmm. exhausted. I can see all these things. How can I help them? I don't know what to do. How can Mm -hmm. I help them? So how, because I think people generally, generally know, like, I know how to be a good friend at X, Y, Z, but situations like this, it can be a little Mm -hmm. bit dicey. What Mm -hmm. advice do you have for their peers to kind of step in and show up for them in a way? Yeah. You know, I, I think if the person's comfortable to, to talk to them and say, man, you seem really stressed or, Mm -hmm. I know that you're, I heard that your dad got a really bad diagnosis or, you know, I think one of the things that happens is we don't want to talk about it because we don't know what to say. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Everybody does that, whether you're 12 or 102. Um, And so to just, as much as a person is comfortable to say, wow, how's it going? Yeah. Um, And, and then stop. You don't need yeah, to say no to anything yeah. else, <laughs> you know, yes. just say, I hear, I hear your mom is going through chemo. Mm-hmm. How is that for you? And yep. you don't need to say anything else yeah. because I think that's partly why we don't start the conversation because we don't know what the follow-up question is going to be. Right. We're scared of what right. the response is going to be. And we're going to, and the truth is people just want to talk. Yes. I also want to give permission to every living being on the face of the planet in whatever language they speak to be able to say, I wish I knew what to say right now. Because mm-hmm. sometimes there, there are no words. Like mm-hmm. I do this all the time and I cannot tell you how often I say, I, wow, that, mm-hmm. that sounds really hard. I don't even know what to say right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. I mean, yeah, you don't need to know what to say every moment of every day. Right. And I think too, I mean, not to make this a total like ALS association, you know, hype up episode, but <laughs> one of the things that I think our care services department, which is, um, where your role mm-hmm. lies, um, is exceptional at, and one of the, one of the areas that our chapter is exceptional at is in the caregiver support area, 
we offer time for words, which so are support groups. We also offer time for actions. And I think as somebody who, if um, you have a friend or someone close to you that's going through something like this, or they're a caregiver for somebody, it's okay to like step up in certain ways. If you don't feel comfortable ask, asking questions, if you don't feel comfortable speaking about certain things, you know, you could just show up one day to them and have a coffee ready for them or mm-hmm. offer to take them to breakfast mm-hmm. or come over or take their, their dog, for a, dog for a walk. Yeah. You know, like, like that. Yes. Because those are the first things I feel like people will never um, ask for help with because it's like, well, this is just part of what I have to do and I'm going to take on the brunt of it. We're so wrapped in that mentality of Mm -hmm. we have to be strong all the time but there are so many things like that these little things that just add up that could easily be put on other people's plates so offer Mm -hmm. to do things like that whether they say yes or no is not um the question per se it's the Mm -hmm. fact that you're offering yeah and and I like what you said about being specific too like Mm -hmm. because I think sometimes we're all like what can I do? What can I do? Yeah. <laughs> and the person has no idea. And so right. to say, do you want me to walk your dog in the morning? Like, do you want me to return your library books? Do you want me yeah. to whatever can be so, you know, bring a meal, bake cookies, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It can be just really, really helpful. Yeah. 100%. Um, and kind of going in kind of dark, but if that person or any person loses someone, um, that's another great way to be there is to bring a meal, bring cookies, things Mm -hmm. that people aren't necessarily thinking of in the Mm -hmm. moment because they have all these other issues Mm -hmm. and details to unpack. Um, and so kind of dealing, going in that direction, um, what advice do you have for people, um, when they lose someone, whether it's a classmate friend, family member, like what, what advice do you have about how to process what remains, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. You know, and, and that's hard to answer because it's so different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Some people like, I, I swear, I think that's where everybody takes up jogging. Like, I cannot tell you how many people start exercising like fiends. Um, Yeah. So I can tell you, my brother just died at the end of March Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I, um, I just sat on my couch. Like I'm a huge (laughs) reader. I read three, four books a week. I haven't read a book. Like it's so hard. Like I, I can't, at the end of the day, I'm like, what did I do today? And, Mm -hmm. and I did that for weeks. Um, and I, I don't know. I played like solitaire on my phone and watched stupid YouTube videos. Like I was on Instagram for hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And, and I think that, um, you know, you just have to give it time. I, yeah. I often talk to people who are like, it's been six months. And what I'm thinking is, oh my gosh, that's so recent. And the next thing they say is I should be, I should be better by now. <laughs> and I'm thinking, by whose calculator? Like, right. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, to feel the feelings, to, to talk about it, um, and know that if there isn't a place to talk about that, that feels safe in school or even in your family, um, 
there are online groups, there are, you know, um, sites where, where people gather, there are blogs, there are vlogs. Um, and so there are places to, to reach out. Mm -hmm. um, and you can Google even like caregiver, 21 years old, lost right. someone, whatever. Right. Um, but the, the other thing, and I think this is really hard is to be open to people caring. Mm -hmm. And, and that's really hard because we feel vulnerable, vulnerable, right? Cause we're mm -hmm. sad. And so we feel vulnerable because we're sad. And then somebody's kind and you lose it. It's just like, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> right. And so, right. so to just, you know, be willing to be cared for and be yeah. open to that and know that it might feel messy and uncomfortable. And that's part of being human. Yeah. Um, and again, in terms of, um, you know, for myself, I, I got to tell you the sweetest cards and the ones that I kept were the ones, that, well, I kept them all, but the ones that meant the most and the um, email that I, I boomerang. So I get it periodically are the mm -hmm. ones that say, I really, I'm not very good with words, but know that I'm thinking about you or yeah. I'm so sorry. I wish I knew what to say. Like right. those are the ones that are most dear to me. I got some that were flowery, beautiful. One woman, like a friend of mine, like drew a picture of a flower. Like people went all out. And the ones yeah. that, that really mean a lot of the ones where people were really honest and said, mm -hmm. I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's, yeah, that's yeah. excellent. I think you put into words a lot of things that are so com complex and we could probably talk about this as a whole podcast subject for episodes mm -hmm. and episodes and episodes. <laughs> um, so I really appreciate that. Um, and you yeah. kind of got into it towards um, the end, but do you have any recommendations? Google is obviously a great resource, but off the top of your head, um, is there anything or any resources online or anywhere that would be helpful for people yeah. either for grief or um, just support in general? Yeah, you know, there's um, the Family Caregiver Alliance is really good okay. and, you know, has a focus for young caregivers. Um, there are also places like Lutheran Social Services, Caregiving mm -hmm. Metro West. Um, so if, if it's connected to a specific um, disease, you can always call MS Society, Parkinson's mm -hmm. Foundation, whomever. Um, mm -hmm. And if the person is in school, like a guidance counselor, a teacher, the the health center on campus, um, all have those resources, mm -hmm. um, you know, that are more local. Yeah. And I will say, at least for ALS, most people are in therapy. Like most of the yeah. people with ALS, most of their spouses, like it is, it is, you can do it virtually. You don't have to go to anybody's house you know, right. You can do it rose colored waiting room. Yeah. You can do it mm -hmm. by text. Um, and even I, I think the other thing to think about is therapy doesn't have to be for the rest of your life. You can go right. two or three times, say what you need to say, get the support you need to get, get the perspective 
and stop going. So yeah, it doesn't have to yeah. be a lifelong commitment. Yeah. Excellent. Peter, did you have any questions? Um, I mean, for me, the only question that really came up, you did a wonderful job of explaining this area that like with me going through my cancer, the way that I did mm -hmm. last year, I had a lot mm -hmm. of support from a lot of different people, mm -hmm. but to be able to hear it from that perspective has mm -hmm. been interesting. And even, I, I, I don't know how much I want to go into it, but just earlier this year, my nephew we found out he had a, a brain tumor in it. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of us, so I spent some time being a caregiver and, and staying mm -hmm. at the hospital with him. So hearing it from a, sort of a general perspective of it's all right to feel the things that you're feeling and go through the things that you're going through. One thing that I'd like to add is that some people find it hard to talk about it, but, and this is going to sound like a broken record for our <laughs> listeners at this point, but one of the things that I seem to say in almost every podcast that we do is one of the things about talking about a situation that you're in is it, it takes the power away from the situation when you're able to get it out and into the open. Mm -hmm. It might be hard, but it's worth it if you can just, mm -hmm. you might not have the right words, you mm -hmm. might not have the right, you, you might think that you're doing it wrong, but anything that you can get out is going to help you mm -hmm. release that tension that you feel in whatever mm -hmm. situation that you're in. So absolutely. That is so well said. Yeah. The, the other thing I want to add is it's okay to feel joy. Like mm -hmm. it's okay to be in the hospital room, like climb into the bed if you want to with a person and laugh like yes that's okay because <laughs> um, I think sometimes that happens too right where things feel so heavy that it feels like oh I can't I can't be having a good time because that person is sick or has mm -hmm. a brain tumor or has a parent who is in rehab or whatever and and yeah you get to feel I joy think, too yeah. yeah and I think most of the time people do like, especially that person who's going through it, like more than anyone, they just want to feel quote unquote normal. Mm -hmm. They want to laugh. They want to do, you know, things that, that they think are fun or they want the mood to be light. And I'll never forget one of my best friends from high school, her aunt died of ALS. I didn't know her, but she had talked about her a lot when we were growing up. And I remember she like one of the last memories of her was on her birthday and they, all they did was laugh all day long. <laughs> and it's just, you know, like people want to feel that people want to feel the happy emotions as well. And there are mm -hmm. so many times when I have gone to a funeral or if I had a loved one pass away and we've mm -hmm. laughed about memories of them and we mm -hmm. um, talked about that type of stuff, like talked about funny moments and things like that. So yeah, just know. And I think that's one of the things too, like, crying comes naturally in those moments, mm -hmm. but I think laughter comes naturally mm -hmm. too. I feel guilty about it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's all part of life. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the one thing we're all going to do <clears throat> is die. Yep. And, um, it's incredibly sad for the people left behind mm -hmm. and it's normal. Like, it's just what happens. And the mm -hmm. more that we can talk about it and the more that we can recognize that this is a part of our lives um that you know it's it's just how things work yeah, yeah. 
So one more thing that occurs to me in the last minute is um, one thing to know is that when you, when you go through a loss, all the other losses you've experienced get resurfaced. Mm. So, you know, you lose your job and you start sobbing because your cat died when you were four. Like it, it's all grief is sort of all squished together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I probably should have said that somewhere else. <laughs> you <laughs> That's you okay. can edit that and put it somewhere else. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Well, thank you for your time today, Anne. Yeah, really for having me. Yeah, of course. This is, yeah, this was an amazing conversation. It was super yeah. helpful. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. I just fun have to, a, oh, go ahead. No, just fun to, fun to talk about. Yeah. I, uh, I have a quick thought of the day to end the day with. So the thought of the day is a quote by Bryant McGill, and he says, the trees which are pruned, watered, and nurtured by caring hands bear the greatest fruits. It is the same with people. Hmm. So take care of each other. And this has been the Northern Lights Pulse podcast. My name is Peter. And I'm Rachel. And we will see you next time.